Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by a voice you know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Hello, friends. Welcome to another edition of Around the Hearn, the second of the month of September. A lot of big things to get to, including a couple of great interviews. Kristen Holtley, a former Bath Wildcat state champion, a Bath Wildkitten state champion, whichever it is that you prefer, in the uh, current coach of the women's basketball team at the University of Texas at San Antonio, UTSA, the Roadrunners, is on the show along with the voice of a great American ballpark and one of my favorite people and the voice of God, as far as PA guys go, in my book. And Joe Zerhusen is a, a terrific interview as well. Both of those coming up here in just a few. Taking a look at local news and things going on around the Northwest Ohio area. Big shout-out and congratulations to Van Buren Black Knight golfer Taylor Adams. Broke the school record with a uh, nine-hole score of 34. I couldn't get 34 on three holes, and I'm always jealous of what these kids can do with the clubs in their hands, but congratulations to uh, Taylor. That's the good news for this week. Uh, The bad news, COVID has kind of reared its head again further down south towards the Dayton area, and it's really affected the Sydney Yellow Jackets. Originally, they were set to play Fairborn in week four, but the uh, COVID tests at Fairborn popped positive, so Sydney now will play their week five opponent, Xenia. They'll play them twice in a home-and-home in week four and five. Sydney's already had the issue because they had to replace Wes Carrollton for week number three this weekend. And it was only a couple of days ago, I believe, that that all kind of came about. But they replaced them with New Richmond for this weekend. Hopefully, that's the last that they have of that. Uh, a lot of teams have had issues where they've had to uh, have kids come out. I know Wapakoneta had a, a ton missing last week when they faced St. Mary's and lost in overtime. But a heck of a game that was. A lot of great games in the area last week. A lot of great games in the area this week. You just look around at the schedule. The Northwest Conference is the end of the regular season, so to speak. The three-week regular season and the three-week playoff series for the Northwest Conference to determine a Northwest Conference champion. You've got the East leading Columbus Grove Bulldogs taking on Allen East. The West leading Spencerville Bearcats taking on Paulding at Paulding. Bluffton and Ada. Delphus Jefferson and Crestview. And I believe that Columbus Grove Allen East matchup will actually determine who is the top seed in the East come next week. That's going to be fascinating, I think, how that's going to play out. I talked about this about a month ago when we heard how they were going to do it, but uh, kudos to the NWC for thinking outside the box and getting that done. Big matchup at the Midwest Athletic Conference this week. Sees the two teams at the top in Marion Local and Versailles tangle with one another. Both are 2-0 and through the first couple of weeks. The only other unbeaten in the MAC, New Bremen, it goes to Stadium Park to take on the St. John's Blue Jays. You've got Coldwater up there as well. They're unbeaten, and they host for recovery. They put up, did Coldwater, 400-plus yards of total offense in the first half last week by beating Minster. Minster goes to St. Henry this week. Anna hosts Parkway. And in the Western Buckeye League, Maybe surprisingly, a battle of one-on-one teams in the Wildcats from Bath and the Bulldogs of Elida. Salina Bulldogs at Ketton, taking on an angry Ketton squad off a loss a week ago. Defiance goes to Lima to take on the Shawnee Indians. Van Wert and Wapakoneta. That'll be a good one. Uh, The number says that Van Wert will score 57 this week. Not really. But only because he put up 55 in week one, 56 in week two. And then the big game, at least for me, on K94, you've got Ottawa Glendorf and St. Mary's. That uh, talked to both coaches today. A lot of respect for that uh, set from the other side. Ken Trainer's got the most wins of any coach against Doug Fry. Doug Fry, though, a couple of games above 500, would like to keep that going, like to get his team to 3-0. and See what happens. Uh, that's a big one, 6-15 in the pregame on K94, and then the uh, game itself at 7. OHSAA made big news this week. Doug Ute is the new OHSAA executive director. Becomes the 11th head of the OHSAA since the inception. Replaces Jerry Snodgrass, who was ousted a couple of months ago. 
Speaking of uh, the OHSAA, the Ohio Soccer Coaches Association put out their polls. D1 has Finley 10th in our area. Kent 13th, Shawnee 4th in Division 2. Bluffton comes in at 3rd. Botkins comes in at 5 in Division 3. Girls' side of things, exactly who you would expect to represent the area in Division 2. The Bath Wildcats continue to uh, show what they can do. They've got a terrific set of uh, forwards and uh, doing what they do. Liberty Benton is 4th in D3. Lemon Catholic is 10th in Division 3. A couple of terrific Route 66 ball players decided their colleges in the last couple of days. Delphi St. John's Paige Gagne announced on Twitter she'll play at the New York D3 University of Rochester. And Emma Lease from Spencerville play D2 Kentucky Wesleyan. Congratulations to both of those young ladies. I love watching them play and have for years. I hope to get Emma back on the show. She was on an early episode. I think it's like five or six if you go back through iTunes and you hear from her. But maybe have her and her AAU coach, Rich Harlan, who, by the way, has a big event coming up not only this weekend in Northeast Ohio, but also next weekend just up the road in Oregon. Uh, you can find him on at Twitter at HOFHuddle underscore Rich or online at HOFHuddle.com. It's the Northeast Ohio Showcase and the Northwest Ohio Showcase. There are a handful of spots left for 2021s, 22, 23, 24s who are trying to get notice from colleges. And uh, I can't say enough good things about this event. I've really seen a lot of young ladies grow and blossom. And I know the Northwest Ohio event has both Emily of Spencerville and Akaya Sigmund, the terrific point guard from Lima Senior, who are both going to be there. They'll play games, and normally there will be uh, skills work, but with everything going on, it's a little harder to do. But check that out at hofhuddle.com if you have a young hooper in your area who wants to get noticed by some terrific D1, 2, D3 NAIA colleges in the area, and uh, really the connections that Rich has got from all over. I normally don't have a play of the week because I only get to see a little bit of everything. But if you have not seen this catch that a young man named Braylon Baxter for Columbus Grove made a week ago, it's a one-handed catch falling back for a pick. He got the Ada Bulldogs. Uh, They had a terrific look at it, but go to at Coach Steck, S-T-E-C-K, 52 on Twitter. And then tweet me later and tell me if that isn't one of the coolest picks you've seen in a while. I'll be surprised. Next week, the big news of the volleyball area. So many good volleyball teams. Ottawa, Glendorf, to Bremen, Marion Local, New Knoxville, the ones that are undefeated that come immediately to the brain. First volleyball poll of the season comes out Monday or Tuesday. Can't wait to share that next week. And usually by the time it comes out in the midweek, somebody on the top line ends up losing, but... Uh, excited to see what that ends up being. A lot of soccer action on uh, the stations in Ottawa, WZOQ, Z Sports Live, Z Sports 3, tonight here in just a couple of hours. I'm excited. New Knoxville and uh, Spencerville. We talked to New Knoxville's coach a couple of weeks ago. He was on the show. He will talk about a lot of the things. Go back a couple episodes, listen to that. Z Sports Live has got a, a full complement of football games tomorrow. Pandora Gaboa and Lipsick on Z Sports Live. That Grove Allen East matchup I talked about on WZOQ. Spencerville Paulding on Z3. And again, you can hear St. Mary's not only on 1063 The Fox with Kevin Peel, who we had on a couple of weeks ago as well, but it's also on a K94. You've also got it on WOSN later on on the live streams. And uh, NK Telco has got a lot of Mac games coming up. WDOH in line, but we have so many good radio play-by-play guys. WIMA with Todd Walker, WZRX in uh, Lima and Wapakoneta with Alex Wolf. So many great play-by-play guys, and I hope that you are able to at least listen or watch these games if you're not able to get out and attend them. So that's a look at what's going on in the area. When we come back, we'll talk about not only bath basketball, but UTSA Roadrunner Basketball with Kristen Holt, the head coach at the University of Texas in San Antonio. When we come back here on Around the Hearn. 
Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. Back now talking to Kristen Holt, the uh, women's basketball coach at the University of Texas at San Antonio. I love, Coach, that you guys put UTSA because having to say that every time I think takes up, <laughs> what, one or two years of your life. That's right. It's too long. So, yes, we use UTSA. <laughs> I've, I've always been a fan, and this is a total nerdy thing, of UTSA because going back to when they actually used to make the college football games, I always have thought – that the Roadrunner logo is such a cool, iconic thing because it stands out from all of the other things uh, that people use for logos that are just so much the same. I know. I agree. I, I think it's a, it's really, really cool. And we, I like our colors. They're navy blue and orange. It's, it's just, the orange is a great color to work with uh, when you're talking about apparel. And, and of course, our... Um, the, the kind of the slogan that we use all the time is birds up and we have of course a hand signal for a for a road runner so yeah it's it's really it's really unique and neat people who maybe don't realize that the local aspect of this is that you graduated from bath and that to now is a very stark difference in uh, color schemes <laughs> that's right <laughs> it is columbia blue and gold is is very different from navy blue and orange but uh yeah, I, um, I of course, you know, never would have imagined when I started out um, or graduated from Bath that I would end up living in Texas. I, I was kind of a homebody and, and really didn't want to go too far to even college. So, um, but, you know, through my coaching career, I've, I've not really been close to Ohio too much. It's taken me all over the country. The good news is someone's paying you to see the country. That's right. <laughs> I think that's the dream right there. It is. It is. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's awesome to be able to be paid to coach the game that you, you know, grew up playing and, and love. And my family was very involved with it. So, um, you know, and they still are, uh, my parents still come to lots of games and stay, stay with me. And, uh, it's just fun to have them around and, and, uh, just to, to do this together. And, and I've thought too much different than when you graduated, obviously how technology has changed that, Everyone can, and this works for you the other way, but everyone can see what you're doing and they can watch, they can listen to the games, support from home, or you can see what's going on at home at any given point. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah, social media is, is, is great from the standpoint of, of having instant um, uh, you know, scores and, and you know recruiting. It helps with recruiting. It helps, like you said, with the uh, family and fans staying and, and they can see games, our games, most of our games, they can either catch online or we're on television. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's really awesome. It's, you, you kind of forget, um, you know, I'm going on my 25th year of coaching and I think back to when I first started, we didn't have cell phones and I was using a car phone that was plugged into the, the lighter in my car. The bag phone? Yes, the bag phone. My mom so, had one I mean, of those, yeah. <laughs> they were big and mm-hmm. heavy and but uh but anyways yeah things have really changed a lot it's kind of funny too because my mom said i don't think this will become a thing why do people need to know where you are at any given point <laughs> i know i don't know <laughs> now you can track where each other is <laughs> <laughs> right that's it's just kind of crazy how that's worked but i'm sure that that's all great until and we just talked about this before we went on it's great until you get text messages with pictures of the snow back home that's right. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've lived down here in San Antonio. This is going on my eighth year. And um, I think one time I saw a snowflake here. Um, other than that, you know, you're, you're not going to see too much uh, precipitation as far as snow is concerned. Um, and, you know, I will say I've, I've liked, I grew up around the change of seasons of fall and winter and, you know, fall being just an awesome time with the leaves changing and 
you don't you can be down here and not really know what season it is i mean certainly the summers here are very very hot um but you know it's 80 90 degrees every day here right now and um it'll be like that for you know another month and then it might cool down to 70 or 60 but we don't we don't really see too many cold days here well now you're just bragging <laughs> I am. <laughs> right. I see what you're doing. Wait a second. But I would think that you would get, uh, I mean, it's only 68 at 10, 15 in the morning, you know, while we do this. But yeah. um, I would think everybody, the first time they come down, everybody wants you to take them to do the tourism stuff, see the Alamo, see the river walk, stuff like that. That Yes, that's uh, for sure. That's what we do. We're about 20, our campus is about 20 minutes from the downtown and and certainly we always take recruits there and a family comes in and they, they, even if they've seen it already, they like to go back down there. And, um, it's pretty quiet right now with COVID though. That's the only bad thing right now. If anybody's visiting, it's, uh, you're just not sure which restaurants are open. And <laughs> so it's a little different right now, but a great place to, to visit. It's supposed to be one of the top tourist attractions in the, in the country. San Antonio is so it's a neat place. Plus, it has two of my other favorite coaches in Becky Hammonds and Greg Popovich. Yeah, yep. They're I mean, they're, uh, they're very good. Greg's one of a kind. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's so cool, though, because I always think back, and you talked about it a little bit, about thinking about you as a junior and a senior in high school. You're playing AAU and how different that that's sort of become between then and now. But trying to explain to youth version of you, your, what your next 20 years is going to be like. We are blessed to be around 18 to 22 year old kids. And they're, they're, you know, they're leaving, you know, they've kind of left home a little, little bit, I guess that's what you call it. And they are on their own and they're making decisions and you have such an influence in, in their lives. And, um, you know, the, the thing is, is you've got to have, you, you got to change with, with the way that kids are too, a little bit. I, I think if, um, uh, coaches are real rigid in what they're doing. Um, not that you don't have standards and not that you don't expect them to come up to your standards, but they're, they're, you know, coaching kids now is a little bit different than it was, you know, 20, 25 years ago. Um, and so I, you know, I, I just think it's great to have, uh, this influence on the, their lives because I know it was important to me when I was their age. How much did you learn from having a legendary head coach at bat sort of did any of that mold anything that you maybe do now? For sure. I mean, I think, you know, anyone you spend that much time with is going to have an influence on you. Um, and it was a very positive one. Um, my first year, my freshman year at Bath was the only losing season that Gretchen Pritchard had, but my senior year was her first state championship. So, you know, to, experience that I mean Bath wasn't when we lost that year my freshman year they weren't used to losing <laughs> that that was that was just kind of a, a big downer and 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 so I just but I just think that the influence she had on me was um you know she made it fun she was demanding um she she pushed us she, you know she pushed us to be the best we could be she she kept us um loose I mean she was kind of a you know very, very fun and with joke and and would, you know, she'd call a timeout and tell a joke. I mean, she, she, uh, just kept things very light, um, took some of the pressure off of us. Um, and I have used those things as I have gone forward in coaching. And, you know, I just think that, uh, you know, just, she was a great fundamental coach taught, taught me the game. Um, and I just think that that was just, I, you know, I'm really thankful I had that experience. And I think, you know, you, you know, she was good at the time, but then when you do it yourself and you look back, you, you appreciate it even more. I was reading a lot of things about your 87 bat season. When you win the double a state title, you win the state tournament MVP first team, all Ohio. But for a long time, that was the highest scoring single season team in Ohio high school history. Now, obviously the game has changed since then. And there are six or seven teams ahead, but I think that's a big statement for pace of play and it may be how Bath was at the time that a lot of other people hadn't caught up to yet. Yeah, that's, I didn't even know that. that. <laughs> I, do, I um, do weird amounts of homework on these things. Well, that's really interesting I, I, because we didn't have a three-point line. 
you know, we, we, <laughs> so, you know, that, that's pretty uh, interesting to me, but yeah, we, um, I think with that team, one of the things that was really, really good about it is that we were just, um, we didn't, no selfishness. There was, we shared the ball. We, we had kind of, we definitely had our roles. There were definite roles on the team and everyone just kind of accepted that role and, and did it well. And, um, you know, we had one other division one, uh, uh, student athlete on the, on the team. So, I mean, it was just, it was a, it was a team that, um, grew and developed and really bought into what coach P was, was teaching and, and coaching and, and, um, you know, it, it, it was just a, a great accomplishment. It was one of the best accomplishments that I've ever experienced just because it's, it, it's kind of relief too, because you're just, you know, all those years I went to, my dad was the coach at Bath um, for the boys and, and, um, you know, we, he would take us to the boys state tournament and the girls state tournament every year. And you just saw those, all those teams, those great teams winning. And you thought, Oh gosh, I hope I can do that someday. And so to be able to do that was just, it was, pretty awesome I know it obviously means a lot to you but thinking back to standing on the court as a senior when you go in there that first time of as a player did it mean a little bit more because you had been able to sort of soak up the atmosphere those handful of years yeah it did because I mean I have such great memories I mean we would go to every session of every game of the boys and the girls state tournament I mean we were there for three days and um so we were really fans of <laughs> of that tournament and being in that soaking up that atmosphere down in Columbus and of course it was at St. John's Arena that we spent most of our time uh, you know watching games and so it was just really awesome then to be able to do it and I'm I'm you know really glad to have done it on St. John's court as opposed to now now it's at you know the shot in the different different arena um and uh just just to experience that on that court where I'd seen so many, so many teams win was really neat. Well, what's crazy about it, the way that everything worked out with coronavirus this past year was the games were actually set for St. John arena for the girls and Napoleon who had an unbeaten season going, were on the floor warming up. They pulled them off before they canceled the rest of the tournament. The girls won't get to experience St. John's. The boys will play their, supposedly next spring winter okay but uh okay. the girls actually would now will play at ud arena going forward oh okay interesting so that's wow, kind of a that. that and i thought about that too of all those great games and all those moments and unfortunately the teams in the divisions didn't get to experience that this year yeah wow huh i didn't know that I'm just down here and out, out of touch a little bit. <laughs> so. Well, not by much, though. I mean, just <laughs> just a couple of months. Yes, yes. Uh, you go on, uh, not that far from there, you played Ohio University to your captain and make the freshman team. Was it? Did you have a chip on your shoulder coming from all the success you had at the end of high school sort of to want to make an impact right away in college? Yeah, you know, um, when you were talking about AAU, um, you know, um, just to interject this, um, I was involved in that and it was very different back then because it was really more like you had an Ohio all-star team, you had an Indiana all-star team. You didn't have uh, so many, um, club and AAU teams like you do now. And, and now the, the talent's kind of more, more dispersed as opposed to, you know, it was kind of back then it was really more like you had a, a, you know, a couple state teams and that was about it. And so, experiencing that really helped my game uh, grow and get better um, because I was going against the playing with some of the top players in the, in the nation and going against some of the top pros in the nation. And so, um, so we had a lot of success. I think one year we finished sixth in the country and, uh, and so, and I, and I was an all American in the AU setting. So that, that was a really good experience to prepare me for college. And my first year, um, at Ohio U. I played for, um, of course, Amy Pritchard, which was Gretchen's uh, daughter. Um, and Was that a factor for you? How Kind of going was. forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, you know, she was a legend at Bath uh, eight years before m- me and uh, played at Northwestern and, and 
you know, she was, uh, everyone knew Amy and she's a very good coach, very good mind for the game. Um, so that was, you know, kind of a, I wouldn't say a no brainer, but you know, Ohio U was just, and I loved the campus. I loved it being three hours away. I, you know, it was just, those were all the real reasons why I went there. So, um, my freshman year was a really good year for me and scored a lot of points. Um, but then I got hurt my sophomore after my sophomore year and, um, and then there was a change in coach coaches. And so none of my career at Ohio U didn't really finish <laughs> like I would have wanted. Um, and because uh, of the way it started, I thought, well, this is going to be, this is going to be awesome. And it just didn't, didn't work out the way I wanted. And, uh, but those kinds of things happen. And, uh, and I didn't even know for sure if I wanted to coach, uh, but I spent a year just getting my master's at OU working in the administration. And then, while I was there, I, you know, I kind of got away from it a little bit and I thought, you know, I miss this too much and I want to do this. So, um, then i made the decision to, to go ahead and, and get involved with coaching. And my first uh, coaching job was at Xavier. Have you had a chance ever to, to just kind of sit and look at a long scope of, uh, again, going back to when you were a senior to now about just how different the women's game has been. You talk about the three point line a little bit ago, but kind of of how it's evolved and you throw in the WNBA in there and more opportunities for women to play after college, but maybe also how people are as a whole more respecting what women can do on the basketball court. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, there's definitely more exposure and there's definitely more opportunity and there's more, more kids being involved in it, I think. Um, And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really grown a lot. And, you know, just looking at, um, uh, you know, just, just even hearing about it and hearing about teams and, 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 um, you know, just, just, it's, it's really grown a lot. And it's amazing, um, that, you know, with the WNBA, I mean, you know, you, and, and just even professional opportunities for women to, to go overseas. I, you know, I, anytime I'm, um, dealing with a recruit, I mean, I would say at least half of the ones that we speak to have a, a professional aspiration. And, you know, it, it, if they're not, you know, the best kids in the country to make the WNBA, there's a lot of really awesome opportunities in Europe and Australia. And I mean, I, I just don't remember those things being available when, when, you know, when I was coming out of college. So, I mean, there were some, but it wasn't, not as prevalent. So it's just, yeah, there's some really awesome things out there for women and, and even with coaching and, um, you know, all the different positions. I mean, when I first started coaching, I was at Xavier, but I had to volunteer as a second assistant and, you know, my pay at the end of the year was a VCR. (laughs) So, you know, um, kids, that's what we had before DVD players. (laughs) That's right. Um, and I still have it. I'm not going to throw it away. Um, oh no, you worked hard for it. I I would mount it. I somewhere. did. I did. Yeah. So, you know, I think that you look now at staff and I, you know, most, uh, division one women's basketball staffs, um, head coaches are being paid very well. Um, you have three full-time assistant coaches. Um, some of the power five schools have, you know, you look at video coordinators, you look at, uh, quality control staff members, you have a director of basketball operations, you have a a full-time athletic trainer, you have a strength coach. I mean, you're talking about things that, you know, back when I was in college, we didn't, we didn't have all of those resources. Even we didn't have access to a nutritionist. We didn't have access to a, a, an academic coordinator that basically just paid attention to our team. Um, and that's what we have here at UTSA. So that's it, and and most do. So it's it's really amazing all the different ways you can be involved with the women's basketball team, and even if you're just not a you know a direct coach. With the last handful of years, especially in your tenure, uh, UTSA becoming not only a more national brand but a more international brand. Going from you obviously have a lot of young ladies from the state of Texas on your team, but I've noticed it seems like the trend is you're sort of branching towards home with young ladies from the Midwest. And 
And I just was reading, uh, you have uh, a young lady from Denmark and you have one from Bulgaria. You're really mm-hmm. branching out right now, just being able to sort of spot. Is it easier than maybe five or ten years ago to spot talent, so to speak? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that you have a lot of different ways of, of, of getting names and, and you know checking them out. Now, of course, with all that's happened with covid um, everybody's been evaluating kids on online, you know, watching game film, which is not, that's not, <laughs> not, I don't think that's the way that any of us really want to have to do it, but it is the way that we're doing it right at the moment. Um, so, you know, if you can get there in person and see them, that's ideal. Um, because there's a lot of intangibles and things you look, look for that you can't really see on a game film. And, so, but to answer your question, I think we, we have um, always had a hand in Europe because I have a, an international, I have a, a, a person from Poland on my staff. And so she keeps a hand on what's going on in Europe. And, and uh, we've gone the junior college route some, um, and, and international kids oftentimes will come here through that, that system. Um, and, and yeah, Chicago and Illinois area, uh, we, we have recruited there a little bit just because of a contact that we have. So, you know, that's what a lot of recruiting is about is, is, is developing contacts. And I think that the only thing that um, I would say about us being down here is just it's, it's uh, we recruit mostly Texas and close by because there's a lot of kids that don't like to go far away from home. You know, you, you're not going to, I don't know. That's just my feeling is especially with girls. I just don't think that, you find that nine times out of 10, eight times out of 10, they, they, they want to stay closer to home to where their family can see them play. Um, they want to be able to get home. And then with the COVID thing, it's made it a little bit more like that too. Like they're just a little bit more fearful of, of going too far away. Um, so that's just been my experience. And so, you know, we do recruit a little bit away from Texas, but we do spend a lot of time down here just checking out kids that are close by and local. It doesn't hurt, though, that you have a tremendous talent base for women's basketball in the state of Texas right. to recruit from. Exactly. And that's why one big reason why we don't really look to venture out a whole lot because we have a lot of talent and people all across the country recruit from Texas. So uh, it doesn't make sense for us to go too far away. I have to imagine, though, I'm not, not asking for a specific, just kind of as a thing that most kids in the Midwest, you just immediately open with, it doesn't snow here. <laughs> I mentioned that. <laughs> I'll sign right now. I mean, like we just keep talking uh, yeah. about that, but I just keep thinking we're not that far from winter up here. <laughs> yeah, we do. We, we mentioned that. So, um, and I just, uh, yeah, I tell them how warm it is and yeah. So it, it, it's, that's appealing. <laughs> you probably have to be tired of Zoom calls at this point, I would think. Yeah, for sure. Our kids are very tired of it. And, um, you know, with the return to campus, there's been a, a return to play protocol. And it's been pretty strict. Um, you know, the first when they first get here, they have to quarantine for seven days. And then they're COVID tested and they have physicals and and uh, if they pass all, the, jump through all those hoops, and everything looks okay, then we start with individual workouts, and they have masks on, and we have masks on, and um, and they do that for about a week, and then they can go to small groups, and then they go to full team. We're not at full team yet, um, and uh, so you know, and then you you, you find a kid that if, if you know they test us often. So um, if there's a kid that tests positive, then, then obviously they have to quarantine for two weeks. And, um, you know, I think those protocols are pretty pretty similar across the country. Um, but it's just going to be really interesting. I'm watching football closely right now just to see how they're handling things. I know our team has a game coming here uh, this week or this weekend against Texas State, which is a, a rival. And, uh uh, they they have some they're going to be affected um, because they're testing three times this week and uh, they've had some kids that that uh, have shown positive so you know that's that's just you're going to have to be flexible you're going to have to be you know I, I think it makes the whole you know mantra of hey next man up 
type of attitude is never more <laughs> more um, pertinent than right now for for teams um, in every sport. Well, and it's fascinating to me to just sort of look back to try to look forward of your schedule last year. For instance, you go to Hawaii, you go to mm-hmm. the Midwest a couple of times, you end up with a Conference USA tournament in Miami. I mean, right. obviously travel this year, whenever that is, whatever that ends up meaning, is going to end up being a completely different thing. But I would think it's going to make even conference play uh, very challenging. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's going to be interesting because, like, I know for us, we um, start our conference season um, in Florida. And um, we play two games. So the way we Conference USA does it is we play two games um, out on the road, and then the next week we would be home for two. So we play Thursday, Saturday. Um, and we play the Floridas, Florida International and Florida Atlantic, uh, right after Christmas. Well, you want to give your kids an opportunity to go home for Christmas. I don't really want them here on Christmas Day. That's never been something I've really <laughs> wanted I love to do. you all, but I don't want to spend Christmas with you. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but you get them back on the 26th. Well, what does that look like? You know, what, what you know, how does, how does travel and testing them and all of that play in? And, you know, you only have a few, few days before you have your first game, you know, your first conference game. And that's, obviously what you're playing for is your conference season. And so it's just, uh, it's just, it's just going to be really, really interesting um, how this all works out. And of course um, they're voting in mid September as to whether uh, our season is going to start on time, which was the first game can start November 10th, or if it's going to be pushed back. Um, and there's some different dates that have been thrown out there. Uh, so if that happens, then, you know, half of our non-conference uh, schedule could be wiped out. Um, and there just wouldn't be as many games prior to a, the start of our conference. Wow. I would imagine yeah. sometimes you just go into your office, put your head down and just try to take a deep breath to sort of catch <laughs> up to things. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, and you, you saw our record. We, we didn't win very many games last year and, and, uh, and it's been, it's been hard. You know, when I took over, not to, go too far back but when I took over um there just needed to be, there was such a culture that changed that needed to happen and I that's usually what happens when if, if a coach is let go and another coach comes in that's usually what's what's happening is there's been losing or there's been just it hasn't worked out for some reason and so it just and we had to kind of get weed through that you know and and graduate some people and and get the culture where we needed it to be so last year we, we had a, a talented group, but there were two huge problems. One was we were the second youngest team in division one. And number two, we were extremely injured. It's the most injured team I've ever been with. And we would have games where we only had six players. And this is a, you know, this is a team where you're allowed to have 15 scholarship players. So, you know, it, 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 we just couldn't, I mean, we, the latter half of the year, we just weren't even able to practice much because we couldn't, we couldn't afford to get somebody hurt. <laughs> um, so it was just hard. It was, it was really challenging and not so much from the losing standpoint, that's never easy, but from the standpoint of just not feeling like, okay, are we getting any better? How can we get better? <laughs> we don't, we're not practicing. Um, so and then COVID hits, right? So then you're like, oh my goodness. Right, and then on top I mean, of that, right. Yeah, you're just, and, and you need the practice. You need the reps. You need, so, yes, you take a deep breath and you just, you know, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a faith person. I put it in the hands of God and just say, <laughs> you know, we're going we're gonna to do our best. We're going to go at this um, the best way we know how. And um, I do think we're going to be better this year. And I think if we have our healthy kids, have a healthy team, um, and we've added some international, some JUCO kids, I think that's going to really help us. And I think this year we're going to see a, a turnaround. So, um, but yeah, it's just, it's just, a, it's a, it's a time right now that you got to be flexible. And I just found out this morning that, that I have two kids that have to sit out today and uh, because of COVID related things. And uh, you know, you, 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 your practice plan, you just have to kind of <laughs> be able to switch things around. <laughs> so, I think if you can't laugh yeah. at this point, you're just going to burst into tears. <laughs> yeah. 
I I choose to look at it though as last year was your freshman year at Bath. That means that only success is going to happen coming forward. Yes, that's right. That's everything right. everything yeah. works in a cycle. It does. I will say that I, I I really love my coaches and I love my staff and I know we do things the right the right way and so you know that when you do good things it's gonna it's gonna reap good things and and I think um, you know this is the this is the year that no, do I think we're gonna win our conference no I, I I think let's be realistic that we finished last so you know our our aspirations are to tr- try to hit the middle there in that conference somewhere um, that would that would be a good year, I think, for us and a good step. Um, so that's that's our focus. We're locked in. We're going to plan on playing November 10th. And if they change it up on us, it'll just give us more time to practice. <laughs> right, right. It's only more time to get better. That's right. Well, so. I know that there are a lot of folks back home that will be rooting for you. How often do you actually get home during About what is four, a normal four times year? a year. Yeah, about four times a year. I was home about three times this summer um, because we weren't able to, you know, we weren't able to practice. I know a lot of people weren't traveling, but I couldn't hack it anymore. I I had to get in the car. I drove all the way home and oh, then wow. all the way back. That was a, that was a long drive, um, but I just really had had it. You know, I I'm not married. I don't have kids. So I'm by myself. You and the VCR <laughs> and that interaction. I just needed to go somewhere. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was good. But my, my parents, um, uh, and, and are living in Bluffton, um, now. And my, my sister has moved from Dallas to, uh, to the, our family farm in outside of Lima. So her boys are now started at Bath. And so we're, you know, when I go home, I get to see all of them now. So that's good. At least you still uh, have an opportunity and I guess a reason to wear those bath colors. That's right. I do. I'm always going to be rooting for, for the Wildcats. Well, <laughs> Wild that's <kitten>. awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. I, uh, I look forward to what you guys have going on and uh, I look forward to just kind of seeing what happens. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate the, the time. Good to visit with you. That's the Bath Wildcat and the UTSA head coach and Kristen Holt back here in just a few. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters, like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench, ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins, like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. Back now talking to what I imagine if God was a PA announcer, what he would sound like, the voice of the Reds at Great American Ballpark and Joe Zerhusen. I grow up uh, not really a Reds or an Indians fan, but now you're the kind of guy who puts in a lot of work, and I hear, I see, you make me want to be, if I wasn't an Indians fan, a Reds fan. Well, that's, uh, that is a very nice thing of you, for you to say. It really is, Mike. I appreciate that. I Look, yeah, I grew up a Reds fan. I grew up in this area in northern Kentucky. Uh, and, uh, and I've been a Reds fan my whole life. And to be in the position that I'm in and to be doing what I'm doing, not just with the announcing at the ballpark, but uh, also taking care of the Reds radio network, as you know. I mean, it's uh, very, very blessed. And that's very kind of you to say. I appreciate that. And I just, because I'm a big fan of, I can hear when I'm at the ballpark, and I love going to Reds games to be able to, when something happens, I can hear the excitement in your voice. I can hear you smile from the press box. And maybe it is that being a lifelong Reds fan of, it's just, it gives it a great atmosphere. Well, I, I, I think part of that also, as you as you well know, you know, being in radio, I think a lot of that actually comes from my background in radio. I had been on the air for years and, uh, you know, it's it, it, subtle differences, uh, as far as, as far as presentation. Uh, and sometimes people pick up on them and sometimes they don't. Uh, sometimes there is a little bit of a smile. Sometimes quite honestly, there's a little bit of an irritation. I hate, uh, I hate when opposing teams hit home runs, especially the Chicago. Chicago Cubs, and you know, you got to think that maybe the next batter coming up that you're not 
quite as uh, uh, as uh, it's not the same. And when you announce their name after they've just hit a two run home run to take the lead, if you know what I mean. But there are subtle differences. It's funny. I've had this conversation with. Uh, uh, with some people, especially this year, with the fact uh, that there are no fans in the stands, and uh, and that whole thing about, I think sometimes people are surprised that there is a difference in the way you'll say somebody's name, uh, depending on what the situation is that they're coming up to. You're going to announce somebody. Let's say if Joey Votto comes up the bat uh, in the ninth inning with uh, with the game on the line and, and two outs and, and a runner in scoring position, you're going to be a little bit different in the way you approach that than you would if he's coming up in the fourth or fifth inning and the Reds have a 10-run lead. Uh, so there are subtle differences, but it's uh, it's kind of fun, the nuances of it. Are, uh, are something that I think sometimes people are surprised uh, that uh, that it's actually something that you do think about. Uh, and again, I think that the radio background, and then also having done uh, having done University of Cincinnati basketball and football, and each each sport is a little bit different in the way you present it. Uh, but I think all of that has kind of helped out, and and it's always such a compliment when somebody like you know like yourself that says something about, hey man, I like the way you do this, or I like the way you do that, and. Uh, and they realize that it's just more than more than just voice coming in from uh, from speakers around the ballpark. I can't imagine how different it is for you during the course of a game right now to walk into that building and during the game look out and just see you know nothing but cardboard cutouts of Jim Day. <laughs> It is different. Uh, in some ways, it's it is a situation uh, that I don't know if anyone ever would have thought uh, that any of us would have seen uh, baseball being played uh, for all intents and purposes in, in empty ballparks uh, with the stands empty. I don't know that anybody would have foreseen something like that. It's unique. Uh, some parts, some things about it are actually they're—they're uh, they're actually kind of cool, uh, you know. And only in that you realize uh, that you're just one of a, a handful of people, uh, some media people, uh, photographers. Um, whoever it might be that are actually in the ballpark physically seeing a game as it is being played. Uh, that's unique. Uh, and it's, uh, it's something that you kind of look around and every once in a while you, uh, you just, it, it hits you. Um, having said that, it's, it's also, it, it's when you're announcing, there are still people in the ballpark, uh, and that is the players. And what I have found over the years is that the players actually they realize what's going on. A lot of the things that are going on between innings, not necessarily, um, but at the same time, uh, using the Joey Votto example again, uh, I really I can see a difference when he's coming up in a clutch time and 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 at a time in the game. He might wait a little bit for his name to actually be announced, um, and then the walk-up music to be played. As a matter of fact, a few years ago, uh, I had to uh, in 2017, I had to take a, a few uh, a few games off that, that 20 games or so. Uh, I was taking some treatments and um, for a throat issue that I had. And, uh, and when I came back, Joey just, he acknowledged it during the, which I thought was very cool. And I saw him in the dugout a couple of weeks later. Uh, and I told him, I said, man, thank you so much. As, as you know, I mean, you've met some of these guys on the caravan and over the years, uh, through the caravan and through some other things that I've done that you do with the players, you get to know them a little bit. Uh, and I just, I told him, I said, man, I can't thank you enough. That was just a very nice thing for you to do. And his response basically was, he says, Hey man, look, I was just, he said, I was juiced to have you back. He said, it makes a difference. There is a rhythm that you get used to. There is a feel that you get used to. And, and you're a part of that feel here at the ballpark. So having said that, the point I was going to make is the players are still there. And so it's not like you're not announcing to anybody. Um, 
and you're, and the players, you know, they hear it anyway uh, during games, even with the rest. So it's uh, it's a very limited number of people that are hearing it, but uh, but it's still that way. So it's not like you're I, at least in my mind. I don't look at it uh, as if I'm as if I'm just you know throwing noises out into an empty ballpark. I know there are those who are hearing it, uh, and that there's a reason behind it being there. So no, it's uh, it's different. Yes, uh, in in most ways, but. In that way, it's still relatively the same. It's so funny, though, too, because growing up playing baseball and covering baseball, I imagine Joey Votto in my head of, all right, take one swing, take two steps, here's the music, here's Joe, mm-hmm. looks up, walks to the plate, and when you and you're right, when you disrupt that, I mean, we know how almost to a point ridiculous at times baseball players are superstitious of, mm-hmm. all right, now Creatures wait a second. Habit. One of these five things is missing. Now what do I do? Or if it's not missing, it's a little bit different. And I also think sometimes that, um, you know, you know, even if it's high school baseball or college or whatever you might be playing, um, that home field advantage is more than just the field itself. It's the overall environment, uh, which I think is one of the reasons why Major League Baseball, when they when they decided that okay, under these circumstances, we're going to play, and uh, and they said that they wanted the ballpark announcers to be there. I think that they realize it is a part of the game, and for the players themselves. So yeah, there is there's a there's a feel and a rhythm, and uh, you'd like to think that it gives them a little bit of a uh, a home uh, hometown advantage when uh, when they're in their ballpark. And I'd like to think that you know that that announcing is a part of it. But you know, so yeah, I look at it like I said, it's it's not like it's a totally empty ballpark, but it certainly is. Uh, it is a lot fewer people, which in some ways isn't too bad. I mean, uh, you know, I haven't, uh, I haven't had to, uh, I haven't had, as you well know, uh, Cub fans travel very well <laughs> in this area. So I haven't had to hear, let's go Cubbies at all this year. So that's been, <laughs> that's, been uh, that's been a little nice, but uh, in, uh, in all seriousness, you do, you, you miss even the opposing fans being there. And it's always fun to kind of, uh, to kind of uh, take a little digs at Cub fans because they do, they travel so well. Uh, and they are so loud when they are in other ballparks, not just Cincinnati, Milwaukee, St. Louis. If you've seen any games there with Cubs, uh, they go through the same things. And there's a, there's a sea of blue uh, that is uh, that is there when those teams are there too. So that's, that's one of the things that, uh, that I don't miss. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's not having fans is, uh, is it's, it's different and, uh, you do miss having them there. I'm sure the players do as well, even more so than I do. It's funny you bring that up about how Cubs fans travel. I had more than a handful of them at the, uh, game seven of the world series in 16 in Cleveland. My wife and I were there and I look over and all I see is that off color blue everywhere. And I asked a couple of them, like, what's the deal here? They said, well, let me explain something. It's cheaper for us to get a ticket in Cleveland, drive to Cleveland, stay in Cleveland, eat in Cleveland, and then go home tomorrow than it is just to get a ticket in Chicago. And I thought, wow, that's mm-hmm. that's insane. Well, it's, yeah, it's not just, I mean, cheaper maybe, probably, I guess, Um you know, cost in Chicago, I, I would imagine would be, but also just the access to tickets. I think that they find it in, uh, in visiting ballparks. Um, we got to put a stop at to least, that. you know, <laughs> but I also think the fact that, uh, as you own, I mean, the, uh, the base of the Cubs fans, uh, throughout the Midwest, uh, you know, it is, it's, you know, some of these people live closer to, uh, to Cincinnati. And to Cleveland than they do to Chicago. You know, some of your fans that are in Indiana and uh, and things like that. They do, man. They travel pretty well. There's a number of teams that travel well. Milwaukee travels pretty well. Uh, I think our whole division, uh, I think the Reds travel pretty well. It's uh, it's one of those things where it's got to make the brass both happy and sad at the same time. Well, they're putting money in our pocket. They're helping pay the bills, but we just give exactly. them a different color shirt. Exactly. Point you, well taken. Have you had... I, I know I realize this is kind of an odd thing, but have you had a name over the years where you've just laughed that for whatever reason, as many times as you went through it, you just could not get it right? <laughs> could not get it right? Well, um, or you just you struggled to where, all right, I don't feel confident, but we'll see how this goes. <laughs> there, yeah, uh, 
You don't have to say what it is. Just, just kind of, no, I know there are a lot of different ones out there. Yeah, I mean, there have been a few. Um, that uh, and and there was one, uh, and he's no longer in the in the league. Uh, and for the life of me, right now, as I try to remember, um, it was one of those names. I believe, and it started with a P, and it'll come to me later on. Uh, but it, it's one of those names that have, you know, seven or eight different consonants in it, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those names that phonetically, if you have it written out and that's, that's the key. I, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll cheat on names that, um, that do have, whether it be, uh, you know, three or four, uh, consonants that, that, that are silent or they're, they're pronounced another way. Um, you know, I'll put them down phonetically. There was one. And for the life of me at this point, I, uh, I really can't, uh, I can't remember what it was. And like I said, it'll come to me later, but I, I there is one name that, that I have to say all the time, uh, that quite honestly is, I don't want to say it's, it's, uh, it's difficult, but it's always in the back of my mind, uh, in, you know, in, in making sure that, Hey, you know, this is the way you say it. And it is a Eugenio Suarez. <laughs> uh, I mean, that is uh, a Eugenio is it's a, it's a great name. I love it, but it's one of those where you just, you know, you have in your mind that it's just unique and different compared to most other names. Um, you know, and, uh, so that's one, uh, that I'm just always very much aware of is, you need to make sure uh, when you're going into it, you just kind of roll it over in your mind. Um, but then again, I'll do that with almost all names. So growing up with a name like Zare Hughes, and you uh, you learn at a very young age that, uh, that it matters if somebody is saying it properly. I get it's that. Like, oh, wow. I get he that. pronounced my game properly. He pronounced my name properly. That's all. Oh, that's very cool. It's more of a shock when they actually do. Wait, what did he say? <laughs> like, exactly. He got it right. All right. I understand. But, you know, every every name has its own rhythm, um, depending on the, on the letters and, and, and the flow of it and how long it is. And as I said, a name like Eugenio, uh, I mean, that has a rhythm to it. And, uh, and it's kind of unique. Every name, or I should say most names have, uh, have a little, have uh, a rhythm to them that are, uh, that are pretty much unique. Right now, Reds, uh, maybe in terms of, and I hear a lot of Reds fans in terms of money spent, maybe not exactly where they thought they would be big kind of couple of weeks here against your natural September in the NL central. Uh, what's the, the vibe down there in Cincinnati right now? Well, obviously, everybody's more wins would be nice. Um, I heard, uh, I believe it was Cowboy the other day during a game mentioned the fact that, okay, right now these players are where they would be at the end of May, uh, you know, as far as timing and all of that kind of thing. And, and it hit me, and it's like, well, that's still relatively true. Um, a lot of the averages when, you, when it comes to hitting, uh, a lot of the averages are lower than what people are used to uh, at this point. And, uh, you know, the Reds are no different. Uh, there's some, you know, there's some, with the money that was spent, uh, you were looking at a full season. Wow, what's it going to be like to have uh, Mustakas and Castellanos and, uh, you know, Akiyama? What's, you know, it's going to be nice to, to get him used to um, major league pitching and, and by the time you get into August and September uh, wow you know it's going to be interesting to see this team come together uh, well as we know that you know that timing is not there shortened season like this 60 games uh, things are a lot different so in looking at expectations and then what we're getting uh, this pitching sometimes can be just lights out and just a lot of fun to watch Um the hitting, I mean, a lot of home runs are being hit this year by a lot of teams. It seems to be a trend uh, that that more home runs. Um, but again, you know, where we are normally, uh, people are just kind of getting into their groove. Uh, as far as a, a team is concerned and wins, 
We've lost a number of games, it seems to me, uh, on one or two plays, either offensively or defensively, uh, within a game. And again, over 162 games, those are going to balance out a little bit more. Um, so we've had our share of losses coming from those, that's for sure. As far as where we are right now, I believe you know, we're probably, I think, third um, behind in, uh, in the wild card. That's kind of nice knowing that there's eight teams from each league that are going into the end of the postseason. I think the fact that the club made some moves uh, at the trade deadline to try to get better with Goodwin and, uh, and Bradley, I mean, I thought that was excellent. Uh, I still think, you know, we right now are in a position where the wins just need to become, uh, need to be happening more frequently. I think probably if you talk to anybody on the team, they would agree. I mean, this week we've got the Cubs, we've got the Cardinals. Um, you know, those are, uh, those are some big road trips. Those are some big road series that we have. And when we come home, we're going to be, uh, going to be playing Pittsburgh early on four games, make, uh, make good on one of the double headers. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the Chicago White Sox, they're playing good. Then we go out and we finish up with Milwaukee and Minnesota. I think it really, honestly, Mike, just, and it's, it, you know, it's, it's one game at a time and putting together that winning streak that a lot of people believe that this team can put together. Because when you look at the pitching and you look at the hitting and the possibilities and the potential, it's all there. Uh, you put together a nice little run. Let's say we come back next Monday after, uh, after having taken six, you know, the next six, four of the next six, five of the next six. Where is that going to put you in the standings? It'll be interesting to see. But they do have to win, obviously, at this point. Hey, any wins against the White Sox and Twins, I'm all for as an Indians fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's <laughs> kind of unique playing teams like that this year, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is. I don't think that, you know, I think that uh, almost any team you're going to look at and uh, there's going to be those, the averages don't seem to be as high. Interesting when teams come to town, and I do actually spend more time looking at the averages during a game. You know, a lot of a lot of guys uh, that generally have the higher averages down around, you know, in the twos, um, in the lower twos, the mid. Uh, and so, yeah, this is a, this is a year like none other. And I don't think that anything um, anything is decided yet completely. I think there are certain teams that you can look at now with the time we have left and say, okay, these guys are going to be in the playoffs. Now, what happens once they get into the playoffs is going to be a whole different story. Uh, and I think the playoffs this year are going to be fun. And I certainly, at this point, am still looking forward to the Reds being a part of it. Uh, like I said, I think we get a run together here over the next couple of weeks, and uh, uh, and uh, and let's uh, and and let's hope that we are still playing when we get into October. Well, I look forward to seeing how the sprint of what this season is. You know, we talk about. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Nope, sorry. This year it's a sprint. Uh, I uh, I hope it goes it well for you guys. Well, and, and things can change quickly. Like I said, you have three games against the Cubs and three games against St. Louis. And obviously, when you're in a position like this, uh, you know, you need some help from some other teams. I mean, you need, uh, uh, you know, you need other teams to be beating the teams that you need to get in front of. Um Right now, right in front of us in the division are the Brewers. Um, you know, and, and they're not that, they're not that high in front of us. I think just a couple of games, uh, in the loss column, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, you, you get past the Brewers and then you start looking at the Cardinals and then, you know, and who knows? Um, there's still some time left. And the thing I think that you have to, uh, be honest about with this team is that when you look at personnel wise, you look at pitching wise, uh, this is a team that I'm in agreement with a whole lot of other baseball folks uh, who say that this team could put together a real impressive run. And come on, Mike, how many times have you seen it where, you know, you get into the World Series and, uh, you know, and the, uh, and the, the broadcasters are, wow, this team, they went on a run just when they needed to go on the run. So, you know, I'm looking at the end of October and people talking about the Reds that way. <laughs> I keep thinking that way until it doesn't happen. Hey, as a Reds affiliate, we are thrilled about that possibility. 
like you said, it, it, you you mentioned it's it, it, it's a sprint. Uh, Sixty games. They knew from the very beginning uh, that look, this is not going to be like any other season, uh, and I think it is coming down to the wire. I mean, what do we have? Two weeks left now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, three weeks, three weeks of games, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, there's, and it, it does make it exciting. I mean, I, I hope this is the only 60 game season I ever have to see, uh, or that any of us have to see. And we go back to the, uh, you know, the, the, the 162 and, uh, you know, and the, the changes and the ebbs and flows that a normal season will bring. But, uh, for this year, there's an exciting, Excitement there, uh, and I, for one, uh, am not ready to count the Reds out. I think that this could be just a tremendous, exciting finish for this club. I'm hoping, anyway. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's our hope too. Thank you so much for doing this. No problem, man. Always a pleasure talking to you, and uh, always enjoy being up in uh, in Salina when the caravan stops up there. And saying, I'm on that leg. You guys have always been good to us, and uh, we thank you very much. And uh, Go Reds. Hopefully we see you in a couple of months. (laughs) It will be nice. We'll see what happens. That's the voice of Great American Ballpark in Joe Zerhusen for the Reds back here in just a moment. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062 and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. Off a thrilling 14-7 win over Glaze County rival Wapakoneta last Friday, the 2-0 Rough Riders are back in action this Friday night as they welcome Ottawa Glendorf to town. Here all of the action starting with the pregame at 6.15 and the kickoff at 7 p.m. with myself and Denny Sisko right here on your home for Rough Rider football, K94. Big thank you to this week's guests. I absolutely adore this week's show. As the O'Connor to Brian joke goes, I'm not a big fan of this show. Don't really, don't regularly watch. But I loved uh, the interviews with Kristen Holt and Joe Zarehusen of UTSA and the Cincinnati Reds respectively, and I hope that you did as well. Be sure to uh, follow us on a Twitter, at Michael Hearn PBP. A lot of things going on. You can find me on Instagram, too, by the way, at Around the Hearn, and it's usually about the uh, guest for that week and maybe something a little bit more from behind the scenes. I hope that you are enjoying the show. I'm going to effort to get even better as this goes on, and already just about two months shy of a year that I've been doing this podcast, and a big thank you to all the folks who have listened and supported over the years and all the guests who have been on have been very fortunate to get some terrific guests and tell some terrific stories. That's the hope. Have a great night. Be sure to check out some high school sports when you get the chance as well. Here I go. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.